we are going to be starting uh, our second shiur on Nathilat Yadayim. So I'm just going to give a quick recap of what we saw uh, last week. <clears throat> we saw Yadayim regarding the vessel that is, is used and how the water comes on one's hand. We saw that it has to basically be a vessel that holds a revit. <laughs> and if it is a vessel that has a hole, then that is going to be uh, problematic. We discussed where is the hole and if it can still act as a vessel, even though there is a hole. And that was the one topic. The second topic was Koch Gavra, that it has to come from human uh, from human's force. And we saw that the Gemara basically told us that um, if you pour water into a channel of, a, of a, a stream or some type of, and then you dip your hands in that stream, that's not going to be uh, good enough. However, if you dip your hands very close to where the water comes from, i.e. at the beginning of the stream, let's say uh, a few centimeters away from where you poured the water in, then that says the Gemara would be, be been okay. And that's how the um, that's how the Rosh and the Shulchan Aruch Paskind. And based on this idea, the, Shulchan, the Rosh brought down that if you have a faucet that you open and close, that would be considered Koach Gavra, and that would have been okay. Based on that, we said, well, why can't you use a tap? Let's say you're, you, you, you have a faucet in a bathroom, that be okay. So Mitzad Koach Gavra, um, it actually would work, according to the Psak of the Rosh and the Shulchan Aruch and the Mishnabura. The problem is, is that in our water system today, it's not clear that it's coming from a vessel. It's just coming from, I don't know, a massive uh, a stream of pipes that they're not necessarily considered a flea in Halakha. And based on that, that would be uh, problematic. Okay, let's continue with a very fascinating discussion that we're going to have um, between the, the Rashba and the Ritva. The, the Ritva brings the following scenario. What happens if a person washed his hands and his wife says to him, we're not eating now. He says, the ritual Are you back? Hmm. You're frozen. Can't hear you. Sorry. 
The Ritva says he washed his hands. He doesn't say whatever. The Ritva doesn't give a reason. But he changed his mind and he doesn't want to eat. There's no problem over here. We do not obligate him to eat, meaning the possibility that he eats still exists. The He's changed his mind. He doesn't want to eat. We know Why would we want to obligate him to eat? Because maybe it's a brachal of Says the Ritva, no. It's not considered a brachal of since he's already washed his hands and he made a bracha on the action of washing of the hands, and at the time when he washed his hands and he recited the bracha, he had intention to eat. And I've already suggested this to my is bolstered who is the the the, the rab of the, the ritva it seems that he was a talmud of the ramban or somewhere along their line so it seems that that is a very radical um but interesting approach now rab Sweet pesach frank uh, uh, explains it and, and and i'll just uh, say it outside the Shulchan Aruch tells us that if you know of a person who, um, if you know who's going to make a bracha, it's a bracha levatala, you're not allowed to answer amen. However, the Shulchan Aruch gives a second case. If a person wants to make a bracha on a glass of juice, and you want to be your, you holding this cup. He makes answer amen. And before, as he lifts the cup to drink it, the whole thing spills. So he didn't really, uh, kind of the bracha was made on, on, on nothing because he didn't drink, right? Says, says, says the Shukhanar, that's not a problem. It's not considered bracha lavatalai. And the second person can drink. Not considered bracha lavatalai. Now, based on that, there's Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank in the Shukhar Tzvi. I wanted to explain according to what the Ritva wrote. Someone who made a bracha on the Tilat and is not then obligated to eat. If he changes his mind, he doesn't want to eat anymore. He doesn't have to eat. It's not considered bracha when he made the bracha, when he recited the bracha, the sages instituted the chayav birbikata mitzvah, and therefore you have to make the bracha over the mitzvah. Then came chiyuv bracha al achila. The obligation of the bracha was on the eating. The bracha on the obligation to make a bracha before you're going to eat, it's, it's logical to say that that same chiyuv is when you want to eat, meaning you're planning to eat. And in the case of what we said, the person made a, a, a bracha and then the, the food spilt. 
his mitzvah hasn't been uprooted. The Bishat because at the time of him doing the action and recite, now the stay chemet brings quotes the and wants to say that the Rashba argues, kind of see whether it really is a contradiction or not. So let's see what the Rashba says. The Rashba is de dealing with a very, very famous discussion. When do we make a bracha on what mitzvah? And when do we make a bracha on, you know, some mitzvot we make a bracha. Some mitzvot we make a bracha. Person gives to the where it's not dependent on the person doing it. Because perhaps the person who it's dependent on will not want to let's take the example of tzedakah. You want to give a person a shekel, maybe the person is not going to I'll give it depending on someone else in order to fulfill mitzvah. So you can't make a bracha because you don't know whether it's going to happen or not. Regarding giving loans, giving tzedakah, all these things, since it's dependent on another person, so that basically doesn't allow us to make a bracha because if the action doesn't happen, then in the end, it will be considered a bracha levatala. Now, based on that, says the Steichemet, that the Rashba is arguing with the Ritva. How's the Rashba arguing with the Ritva? Because the Rashba seems to imply that if the mitzvah in the end doesn't take place, right, even though it's not your... your it's, it's, it's beyond your control, nevertheless, it would have been considered a bracha levatala, and that's why we don't make a bracha on, on the, uh, we don't make a bracha on the, these mitzvot. Yeah. says that, no, the Rashba is not arguing with the uh, Ritva, and explains as follows. He quotes the Ritva that if you didn't let your name with a bracha, then you change your mind, it's not a problem. And we don't obligate him to eat. And, and the Chemed wrote on this, that from the Rashba's approach, it seems that he doesn't agree with the Ritva. Because if that if it was true what the Ritva is saying, then according to the Rashba, why didn't the sages make a bracha on Sadaka? Right? So the fact that the Rashba says Chazal didn't institute the bracha on the on Sadaka is because it might not happen. Meaning if it doesn't happen. 
happened, it's considered that it is considered a brachal of That is in contradiction to the opinion of the Ritva. That is what the Seichemet said. But says the uh, um, says the the uh, Rav Bekalel uh, Stern. He says no. He says in Shum Raya there's no proof at all that the Rashba is arguing with the Ritva because you could very simply distinguish between the two cases. The Rashba is referring to a case at the time that you made the bracha, there is already inherent in the action a suffix whether you're going to be able to do it. At the time that you make a it's not clear that you're going to fulfill the mitzvah. Because the received the tzedakah, right? But the ritva, the ritva was different. He is intending completely to wash and then eat the bread. Meaning, at the time of when he did the action, there's no reason to assume that he's not going to go through with it. Only afterwards, he changed his mind. In that case, it's different. Because at the time of the bracha, he fully intended to, to do such a thing. Now, you could argue back, what does it mean he fully intended? Is not enough. Things, you know, change. Well, if that's going to be the case, then we can never say any bracha because you never know. You might drop the etrog just before you pick it up after you're saying the bracha, etc. So we don't take that into account. If it's in your, if in theory, it's in your uh, capability to fulfill the mitzvah and you intend to fulfill the mitzvah, you should say the bracha. That's not comparable to the case of the Rashba. Okay, so now that we just clarified that, very interesting machloket uh, uh, between the Ritva and possibly the Rashba, but according to the Betzal uh, Stern, which I think is very, very Sechel um, Ayashar, he says, no, they're not arguing at all. Okay, let's move on to the next topic. And that is what type of water can be used for Nathilat so we're starting the shear number three of Nitilat Yadayim. And uh, it's on page 95. The water says the Mishnah in Yadayim. Nafal natochan dyo kumos v'kan kantom v'nishtanu marehen psulim. The Mishnah tells us explicitly that if some type of dye or some, uh, or anything of color that, that, that was, uh, fell into the water, and cause the appearance to change, the water becomes invalid for Natilat Yadayim. What is the logic behind this? Says the Ra'a, the Taima, the reason is the Natilat We need water that they haven't changed their appearance. Where do we learn this out from? From the Kohanim in the Beit HaMikdash that would wash their hands and their feet from the basin. And there, how do we know that it has to be from water that its appearance hasn't changed? Because there the past success 
ונתת שם מים ולחצו אהרון ובניו ממנו. אפקטת לתורה אדס אין אקסטרה וורד ווטה, בבואה מלאו מועד, ירחצו מים. מה זה רפטישן? יש אין אקסטרה מים עבודה. ומהכה, ונפור, סזרה, ומהחדאי in order, to, uh, for example, for, for before we have a meal, before we eat bread. Now the Rambam says regard, regarding this, the maim shenishtanu maritan, that water, that the, the appearance has changed, bein bekeilim bein bekarkaot, whether the water is in vessels or whether the water is in the ground, bein mechamavashen lapal letochan, whether it's because something fell into it, such as die, or whether it's the place that they're in, in such a case, these waters are different, are, are puzzled, invalid. The Rambam adds that if this water is prohibited to drink. We're not going to discuss this now. We actually discussed this when we did Yoradea. Uh, what type of water that is left uncovered, if there's a concern that a snake uh, shot its venom into that, uh, into that water, and then, therefore you cannot drink it if it's left overnight, etc. Says the Rambam, if you're not allowed to drink it, you're not allowed to do Nutilatyadai. That... Uh, extension of the Rambam to the prohibition of Giloi also for Natilatayim is a discussion that is not necessarily accepted by all the poskim. But the Shulchan Aruch, let's see what the Shulchan uh, Aruch um, writes and whether he agrees or disagrees with the Rambam. Shulchan Aruch Arachayim Kufzach says as follows. Mayim shenishtanu marehem. Water that changed its appearance. בין מחמת עצמן, whether it's because of themselves, בין מחמת דבר שנפל לתוכן, or whether it's because something else fell into it, מחמת מקומם, or because of its placing, פסולים, is invalid. The, the Shulchan Aruch adds something that we haven't seen before. Shulchan Aruch adds two words, that it became, changed its appearance, מחמת, Atzman, due to itself. The Rambam never said that. The Rambam said due to its location or something fell into it. Shulchan Aruch adds due to itself. This is a big machloket in the Achroni. Mechamat Atzman says the Mishnaburah, Kagon, Shamad, Bekliz, Manrab, it's in a vessel for a long time. Achen, Haseyarok, and because it's in a vessel so long, it becomes green. Because of the, the, the hot air. Now, the Shulchan Aruch wrote this, quoting the Torah. 
But according to the Rambam, it's only if it became changed due to something else. The Chenochicha Achronim. And this is also the opinion of the other Achronim. So the Mishnah Brura is passing against the Shulchan Aruch. He's more lenient. He's passing and he holds that this is the shit of the Rambam. That if it basically you have water and it just goes green because it's in a vessel due to itself, not because something fell into it, that would still be valid water that you could use for Netilat Yadayim. However, the Ben Ishchai disagrees, right? Uh, the Ben Ishchai says, Netilat Yadayim. The sages kind of expanded it to compare it to the waters that were used in the Beit HaMikdash to sanctify the hands and feet of the Kohanim. As soon as their appearance changes, they become invalid. And therefore, he says, similarly, the same invalidation would apply to the Tilatyadai water. Even if they became green due to themselves, nothing fell into it, they're in a bottle, but you leave it for a month, that bottle's going to go green, right? That they went green, they're still going to be invalid. The Afagab, the Yesh Rabbim Cholkin, although there are many that argue regarding this point and are lenient. And they hold that if they change due to themselves, it would be uh, valid. And who is in, in that list of Poskim? The Rambam, many Achronim, and that's how the Mishnah Burra Paskin. Nevertheless, the Ben Ishchai argues, since we, it's obviously referring to the Sephardim, have accepted the Psak of the Shulchan Aruch for whatever he says, therefore Psulin, right? And therefore they're going to be Paso and Hachikaimela, and that's how we have to pass it. Mew, im acherim, if he doesn't have any other water around, we have Shalom Lavi acherim, and he can't bring water from another source, he told him, then he should use that. Water to do Natilat Yadayim. Aval lo yevarech. He cannot recite the bracha b'shem umalchut. Rather, he should just uh, think about the bracha in his head. Okay. Um, what should we do? Should lemaisa? Should we paskin and be machmir like the Ben Ishchai and the Shulchan Aruch, or can we be mekel like the Mishnah Bura and the Rambam? So the Pitzkei Truvot says as follows. We found some Achroinim that say we should be stringent like the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch. The and furthermore, water becomes green. Why is it? Because of the sun. Or whatever it is, lack of oxygen. 
ולא נדע להבחין בין נשתנו מחמת עבר. זאת אומרת, להחמיר בכל גב, שכן אם העלו המים סירחון. And definitely the water became disgusting with a foul odor. אוקיי. We said before that according to the Mishnah Bura, if it changed due to external factors, we cannot use it for Natilat Yadayim. If we change for by itself, then you can. But now there's a Mishnah Bura. There's one exception to this Chumrah. We said any external factor is going to invalidate the water from being able to use it for Natilat Yadayim. However, says the Mishnah Bura, there's an exception. Achein, מה שנשתנה על ידי עפר ותית שנתערב בתוכו לא חשיב שינוי מרא. Into, you know, sand, into water and becomes all, it's always going to be mud at the bottom. And furthermore, if you wait a while, the match will settle and go down and then it will come, become clear water again. So it's not a, a permanent status of it being changed its, state, uh, its appearance. And therefore, says the Mishaburah, if that's the case, one can be linear. Okay? This is also the opinion of the Yalkut Lavan. Water that became like, sometimes you, you see water like becomes white. But after a few seconds, it becomes clear again. You can wash your hands even when they are murky. Why? And you don't have to worry until it becomes clear. Why? Sometimes when you open up a faucet, and it comes out like uh, uh, yellow water. Why is it coming out yellow or even browny water? Because there's a lot of sand that's coming through with it. But, but after a while, the water that is running uh, loses its uh, beige color and becomes more clear. Even the original water is good for the Tilat Yadayim. Right? So we see that this thing of change of appearance is uh, the exception to the rule is basically a natural muddy uh, kind of uh, color that that would be okay. Now, what about using soda water? Is that a problem? It looks, it looks like water. Okay, it's got a bit of bubbles. Or you get these um, you know, llama soda that they flavored. Um, but they basically don't have a color. They're very, pretty much, they look like water. So says the Shut Orletzion, Misha enomayim rashay little yadav lesuda v'mei soda. Person who doesn't have other water can use soda water. V'af v'mitzmah mutak l'lotseva. And even if it's a flavored water, but, but it looks like water, in such a case, you can use it and you can say the bracha over it. Okay, so that's the end of the topic of water. We're going to come back to it in a moment when we deal with river water, seawater. But let's uh, in the meantime, we haven't finished with uh, that uh, regarding the uh, change of appearance. What about hot water? So you remind me, 
says as follows. For the original before the meal, you can use hot water or cold water. But the water at the end of the meal, you can only use cold water. Why? What's the difference between before the meal and after the meal? The reason why we do my machron is because our hands are dirty. The hot water is basically not going to get rid of the dirt, rather it's going to make the dirt be absorbed in our hands. And because of that, the whole purpose of, of my machronim is to clean your hands. This is not going to achieve that purpose, and therefore it's us. This is all the first opinion in the Gemara. So we said that my machronim not lim ben bechamim ben However, I'm Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Yosef, I'm Rabbi Yanai, but Rabbi Yanai says, When did we say that Rishonim, you can wear, you can use hot water? That's all on condition that the water is not Yad Soledet. Yad Soledet is when the hand recoils, the famous opinion of Rosh Hashanah Zaman Arbach, 45 degrees. So 45 degrees, if it's more than 45 degrees, Although we said that Maim Rishonim, you're allowed to use hot water, 45 degrees is a cutoff, you can't use it for that. Because if it's, if it's used for Yad Soledet, if it's hotter than Yad Soledet, where your hand recoils, you're not allowed to use it for Natilat This is all opinion number one in the Gemara. The Ika Dematni La Seifa. That is a second uh, opinion. When did we say my machronim you have to use cold water? When is it a problem to use hot water? The hand recoils 45 degrees. It's not yad soledet, not lin. My machronim, you can use hot water, implying michlal derishonim, according to the opinion of the Gemara, when it comes to water used for netilatilayim before the meal, even though the water is yatsolevet, it would be permitted. So, to summarize this Gemara, according to opinion number one, my machronim always has to be used cold water. My rishonim depends. Up to 45 degrees, that's okay. 45 degrees and north of that is invalid. According to the second opinion of the Gemara, no, my machronim up to 45 degrees is going to be okay. 45 degrees above is going to be problematic. But my rishonim, Water, then even if it's even if it is okay, how do we pass it according to the first opinion or the second opinion? This is about Joseph. The Katvu Harosh Barashba Hordha, the Halacha Kilishna Batra. That all three opinions, the Rosh, the, the Rashba, and the Mordechai hold the Halacha is like the second opinion, the more lenient opinion, right? Therefore, my Rishonim, there's no limitation, even if it's more than Yad Soledbo, it's not a problem. 
This is also seems to be the opinion of the Rif and the Rambam. So we got all the big heavyweights, right? The Rosh, the Rif, and the Rambam. And therefore, this is the halacha that we're going to follow. As opposed to the smag and the smag. So based on this, no big surprises of here. The Shulchan Aruch in Orachayim, Kuf Tamech, rules as follows. Chamei ha'ur, right? Water heated by fire. Not limen le'yadayim. You can use them for the tilat yadayim. Afilo hein chamin shayad soler b'hen. Even if they are so hot that the hand would recoil from them. Says clearly the psak of the shulchan can be lenient. However, says the Mishnah Berurah, the yesh machmirin beyad soler b'hen. But there are those that are machmir. You saw that was the shita of the smag and the smak. The katvu achroni. Nachronim wrote that if you don't have other water, you can be lenient. The following, the, the Ikar follows the opinion of the Shukhanarok. And if it's lukewarm water, everyone agrees that it would be permitted. Furthermore, he adds, that even if they were boiling hot, but now they have cooled down, even the Shulchan Aruch would then agree to use that today. We don't say, nitche, nitche. Uh, you know, that because it's, it was once invalid, it can never be used. It's not like a korban, you know, because it was invalid and now it became valid. No, that's not the halach. Based on this, says the Mishnah, even if you don't have other water, the only thing that you have is the spoiling hot water. So you should wait until it cools down, and then it would be permitted according to everybody. Where could this possibly be a problem? Let's say, for example, there's only it's Shabbat. You want to wash your hands, and there's an urn. But the problem is there's no other vessel. So we said if it's an urn. So the urn is considered a vessel. You can open and close the tap. That's considered koach gaba. All's good. The problem is the water's boiling. Ah, how are you going to cool it down? You don't have a cup to wait for it to cool down. So in that case, basically one can rely on the shulchan aruch. You might want, not want to do that because you're probably going to burn your hands. So that's probably not the smart thing to do. But halachically, it seems that it would be okay. Um, uh, some people have a, have a, a, an ability to uh, the ability uh, to to um, uh, not be burnt by can carry dishes out of the out of the out of the oven. I can't touch it. So you know, for her, it wouldn't be a problem. It would be okay. Says the Yalkut We've got water that became heated by fire. It's permitted to use the fun But one should wait for them to become lukewarm. Because then there's no argument between the Shulchan Aruch and the others that would be permitted. Besides the fact that it's very difficult to do with boiling hot water. Okay, so now that we've discussed uh, the temperature for Tilat Yadayim, I want to try and deal, deal with two more uh, problems regarding water. 
What about seawater? Says the Mishnah in Yedai, Mayim shenifselu mishtiyata beima bekeilim poslim. Water that if you would put it in a vessel, an animal would not be able to drink from it, is passive. Says the Rosh, the Rosh says, some say this is referring to uh, uh, salt water, sea water, where basically animals can't drink it. But some say it's referring to, no, it's a cloudy, murky, muddy, pasty water. That's what it's referring to. But the Rosh Paskin is like the first one, even if it's just salty water. The fact that an animal is not going to drink from it is a problem, right? And this is how the Shulchan Aruch also rules. Mayim meluchim, seawater, salt water, or shulchim, or worse, that it's uh, disgusting, got a foul odor, or marim, or bitter, sheyna kelev yachol lishtot mehem. In all of these cases where an animal, a dog, won't drink it, sulim l'nertilat yadayim, or pasof l'nertilat yadayim, achapishek sherim l'mei mikveh l'tfilat. Interesting. Even though they are good for a mikvah, they're not good for natilat yadayim. And if they murky because of the mud that's been mixed in, if a dog can drink from it, you're good to go. Whether it's for mikvah or for natilat yadayim. But if a dog cannot, then, then they're going to be puzzled for both. Because there you've got an added problem. Not just that the dog can't drink it, but there's also Shinui Mare. Now the appearances change. Mishabura. My Meluchim, what does the Mishabura say? May I am seawater. Imir Tichwata. And what happens if we now got to boil salt water? In which case, now they are fit for a, a dog to drink. In such a case, went through a desalinization plant, you can use it for the And to go in the mikvah that everyone agrees is going to be permitted. This is summarized. Um, the Yalkut Yosef. And not Lim Yadai Mimeayam. Cannot you see water for Natilat Yadai? Shera Maim Ele and Amroim Nishat Kere, because the dog can't drink it. Velachen Yadbil Yadav Mimeayam. Now, the Yalkut Yosef says something very important here. Although you cannot do Natilat Yadai from a sea, you can immerse your hands in the sea. Buadin Bemayan, similarly regarding a string. Although there aren't Arbaim Se'ah, that he can toggle his hands in. Why? can be covered in one God. But if you boil the salt water until there's uh, loses its saltiness, went through the desalinization plant, it's good to go. But if you cannot point, and he cannot immerse his hands in the water for some reason, oh, he's in a boat, yeah? a boat, and he can't just dip his hands in the, the water, the boat, you know, three meters above. So what do they do? They take a bucket 
and they, they, they lift it up. Ah, but if they take a bucket and lift it up, that's not called immersing. That is called Natila. So what do you do in such a case? You call, you tell Yadav, you should wash them, but you can't make a brocha. That is still preferable to just wiping your hands uh, on your, you know, on your jacket or on the wall uh, to clean them off. Why? Because we saw that basically there were two explanations brought down in the Rosh of what the psul was. According to the second explanation, the psul wasn't seawater. It was referring to murky, muddy water, right? It was full of like, uh, but uh, so we saw that even though the Nevertheless, nevertheless, a person who toivels his hands in the sea. Okay, now we're talking about something slightly different. Uh, so we said that in such a case you can do The question is, what brocha do you make on when you put your hands in the sea? Right? A person who drinks, who, who toggles his hands, doesn't say, rather And some say, this is the opinion of the Ramah, No, you should say, or And that's the opinion of the Ramah. So according to the Shokhan you always say, According to the Ramah, when you can't, when you dip your hands in the water, you should say However, so in theory, it's a machloka between Svarim and Ashkenazim. Svarim always say Ashkenazim would say Comes along the mission bureau, makes us a challenge. The mission bureau is clarifying the shit of the Mshukhanach. Hazal never instituted that there's a mitzvah to do tvilat yadayin. There's a mitzvah of tvilat yadayin. Because of the obligation of natilat yadayin, that's why we're doing the action of tvilat yadayin. But the chiyuv is on natilat yadayin. However, the Ramah argued. The Ramah says, no, the action that is being done, now look at the Mishabura. Achronim hiskimu kedat hamachaber. That the Achronim paskin like the Shulchan Aruch. Levarech al natilat yadayim. That the broch is natilat yadayim. Verakim amayim psulin lenatilah. Verak letvilah. But if the water are passel for natilah. And it can only be used for tvilah. Mevarech al tvilat. In such a case, that's when you make a bracha al tvilat yadayim. So this is going to be a very, very important mishabura. Why? Let's say you don't have a vessel and you want and you have to see. But the first day of Yotiyul, you have to see Panatanya. And the second day of Yotiyul, you at the Kineret. The water in the Tanya, the seawater is not fit for. So when you immerse your hands there, 
then you say, according to the, the Mishra. However, the next day you go to the Kinneret. The Kinneret, the water, is drinkable. If the water is drinkable, right, therefore it's Rawi for Natilat then even though you did the same action, you immersed your hands in the Kinneret, just to summarize that halacha, according to the Shulchan Aruch, you always say, Al Natilat According to the Ramah, you always say, Al Tvilat According to the Mishnah Baruch, it depends. In the event that the water is fit to do natilat yadayim, such as the kineret, even if you're going to immerse your hands in it, you're going to say al natilat yadayim. However, if the water is unfit for natilat, such as if you're going to the sea, in such a case, you would say al tvilat yadayim. Okay, we'll end with that topic for today. Bezrat Hashem, next week we'll continue. Okay, yashakrach. Yeah. Thank you. Bye.